as we're wrapping up this series, I want to start by just asking this question and see how many times you guys can relate to something like this. Um, But I have a hard time focusing sometimes, okay? I was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, and maybe I said that, and some of you are like, ah, that makes sense, right? I'm offended. But I was diagnosed with ADHD as a kid, still have it today, Um, so I tend to struggle sometimes with focus, but I also have the superpower of hyperfocus. When I'm locked in, I'm locked in. But if I'm not, good luck. I'm not getting locked in ever, right? And, and so when I sit down to write a message, because it's some people, it comes real easy for them, but for me, like college papers or anything like that, I have, to, I have to really get in the zone, right? So I have a whole vibe that I set up. I need to turn, the TV has to be off. I'm not one of those guys that can write while the football game is on, because I'm not writing anything. It's not happening. It's not going to work, right? So I can't do that. Um, I got to have it quiet. Most of the time, I ask my wife to keep the kids away from me. I keep the office locked so they can't get in. Um, I warn her ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be riding, which is basically means I'm going to disappear, and you're never going to see me for like an hour or two because I need that much time. I have a playlist that I put on my little echo thing in my office because I like to get in the zone, right? I even, one of the guys laughed at me when I told him this this week, but I light a candle. <laughs> You're the only one. You see it every day. That's why we don't have candles in the church. We use wax warmers in here. So, um, but I have these things to just get me in the zone and to really honestly, for being honest about it, it's to, to eliminate those distractions, right? To kind of get the things that aren't important out of there. I put a do not disturb on my phone. I don't get any emails, texts, phone calls, anything, because all it takes is a little bit and I'm going to get distracted. So I have to remove any of those distractions so that I can lock into the process and I can lock into what I need to do. And some of you are like, yeah, that was me in college. I had to do that same thing in college, right? And some of you are like, doesn't bother me at all. I can lock in at the drop of a hat. It's simple and it's easy. And if that's you, I'm so envious of you. But for some of us, it's not. And for many people, it's honestly not. How many of you guys recognize and can relate that sometimes getting focused is really hard and it's really easy to be distracted, right? We live in a culture of distraction today. More on that in a second. We're wrapping up the series, Not Quickly Broken, and this is run alongside our prayer and fasting. And we spent time because we wanted to do it for two reasons, right? We wanted to do it for praise, praising God for what he did last year, and for preparation for what he's going to do this year. So that has been our theme. The opening message in this series, we talked about preparing and how even the best people in the world, the most professional athletes or people that are the biggest professionals, they prepare. And we saw Jesus, even Jesus, preparing as he went in to be tempted. And, as he, and then we saw he got after his disciples for not preparing adequately when the time came. And we talked about how we have to prepare because we're always going to be tempted by the enemy, right? And then we're always going to hit a point when we're called by God. And at those two times are the two times that we, you're going to wish, and we all do because we bumped into those moments, we wish, man, I, I wish I would have prepared. I wish I would have gotten ready for this. I wish I would have locked in and paid attention and prepared myself spiritually for this upgrade God's given me or for this temptation and battle I'm facing with the enemy. I wish I would have paid attention and done it. So this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're going through is for that reason. That's why we're doing it is to prepare ourselves, one, to praise God 
for what he's done in the past. We definitely never want to lose sight of the praise. But we also want to prepare ourselves for where he's taking us in the future. And last week, we talked about the importance of prayer. So if you're like, man, I I missed last week. I don't know what to do. Go watch last week because I give us a real simple process on prayer and how we need to think about prayer. But as we get started, I'd like to ask a question. How many of you, be honest because we're in church and you should be, how many of you think it's hard to hear from God? Just be honest. A couple people, right? You feel like, man, it's, sometimes it is hard to hear from God. It's hard to hear and always know what he wants. Sometimes it's really easy because it's written in the Bible, right? Like, don't kill your brother. That's pretty simple. We got that right out the gate with Cain and Abel, right? We just right away don't do that. But some other things aren't in there, right? Some other things uh, aren't, aren't really unpacked at all, or maybe they are to a degree, or maybe they're not addressed because it wasn't important for that day and age. It wasn't something that they were thinking about. But we sit back and we pray and we ask God, God, I need your help in this area. And then you go to the Bible for it and you can't find anything about it. I have a perfect example of this. When I was trying to figure out if I was going to take the step out of the secret service and into the ministry, I was like, look, I'm going to have to let this whole thing go. God, what is the right thing to do? And I'm going to tell you, you can look in that thing, in every chapter and verse, it's not going to tell you what you should do for your career. I looked everywhere, okay? I pay, anybody played Bible roulette where you just flip it and then hit a verse, right, with your eyes closed, and you go, that doesn't make any sense, right? I was doing that. It's not in there. Some of those things aren't in there. Questions like, should I date him? You're not going to find that in the Bible. You're not going to find, like, yes, you know what? Ralph is the guy. You're not going to find that. <laughs> Okay? You're not going to find that. Should I take this job? He's not going to tell you whether you should be a banker or a car salesman. He's not going to tell you that either. Well, if you sit and go, okay, well, well, how do I interact with this really difficult person? How do I lead this difficult person on my team? Well, there's not like a four or five-step process. Sure, there's principles in the Bible, and that's the purpose of it. It gives us principles to live by. But it doesn't give us the easy answer that you can just pull out of there and say, yep, here it is, because every time I need it, I'm just going to go back to this little bullet point that John made for me in his gospel so I know how to handle these things. Sometimes it simply doesn't happen. Here's the biggest one that we all wish, and and if you say no, you're lying, and that's okay. Um, But we all wish the Bible said how to raise our kids, right? (laughs) We all go, and we all go, spare the rods, pull the child. That's it. That's all there is. Don't hurt them, but don't let them be spoiled. Like, that's it. That's really all we have. Another one's like, how do we lead my business through a crisis? I don't know. That's not in there either. There's plenty of things in, that are not in the Bible, because you've heard me say this before. The Bible's not a rule book. It's a story book. It tells the story of paradise lost to paradise found. It tells the story of Jesus of how God pursued his creation to the point of giving himself up for the people in it. It's designed differently than how we sometimes treat it. And don't get me wrong, it would be a lot easier if you could just open it and find the bullet point about should I date Ralph or should I not, but it's not in there. And the thing we also forget about is the third person of the Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit. In which Jesus tells us he's going to send an advocate and a helper to help us understand and discern what the right decision is at certain times. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He helps us discern the voice of God in our own lives. That's 
what the purpose is. But again, hearing it and understanding it is hard. It just is. Hearing the words of God is sometimes difficult. And it's even harder in our culture today because hearing can be challenging. Now, I want to stop for just a second as I begin to teach a little bit about this. Um, The Holy Spirit guides us and directs us in our lives. Here's what he's not going to do. He is not going to tell you to do something that directly contradicts the scriptures. I have an example. I had a friend one time who was looking for a husband. And she decided that she was talking to a guy at work who um, he was married. And she was talking and she said, I think that God may be guiding me to talk to him. And I was, no. (laughs) No. Absolutely not. Because God respects the sanctity of marriage. So the Holy Spirit is not going to be pulling and guiding you to do something that would break his law or break something that's written in the scriptures or break the law of Christ, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. He's not going to call you to do anything that would break those things. But he's really, really clear sometimes in helping us navigate those weird in-betweens and those hard things that we can't always figure out. But again, we live in a world of distraction and hearing is hard. I got three kids. Sometimes... Them hearing dad is hard. Sometimes I sat back and looked at Elijah the other day, and I said, Elijah, pick that up. Elijah, pick that up. And he walked down the hallway, and I thought that maybe I'm, maybe I'm mute now. Like, I don't know, because he didn't, he didn't do what I asked him to do. And I'm like, Elijah. But it was because his brothers were playing further down the hallway. There was distraction. The TV was on. There were other things going on around him. And he wasn't able to focus on what his father was telling him to do. Sound familiar? One of the things we can do to help eliminate some of those distractions, because remember, we want to go through this, and this, this whole series is about creating spiritual disciplines and having them in our toolbox so we can use them when the time comes. The whole point is to be able to not just do it for 21 days, but to engage it later in life and later down the road. One of the practices we can do to eliminate distractions is fasting, to slow down and remove those extra distractions. For some of us, it's it's an addiction of some sort that we've been battling through. For some of us, it's the television. For some of us, it's a substance. For some of us, it's just, I need to turn off. I had a friend one time for his fast, he turned off all audio content. He didn't listen to podcasts, didn't listen to music, didn't listen to anything. And at first... I was, I was doing a full fast, and so I was like, <laughs> weak, because all of us, we were all doing full food fasts, and he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this, and I was like, taking the easy way out, and then I thought about it, and I was like, how often do you turn on the radio when you get in the car, turn on a podcast? How often, how many of you listen to your Bible instead of read it? Just for 21 days, he didn't have any audio content at all. So there's all sorts of ways and different things we can choose and do to eliminate those distractions in our life. And the question always becomes, Brandon, what is fasting? How do we do it? What do we do? And I got a real simple definition of fasting for you. Fasting is denying yourself something physically to strengthen yourself spiritually. 
So fasting is not something we just do as a church in 21 days of prayer and fasting. It should be part of your battle rhythm of your life. Do you have to do it every month? No, but if you want to, I, go ahead. If you, if, but it should be part of our natural battle rhythm because we are denying ourselves something physically to strengthen ourselves spiritually. And typically, you take that time that you would be watching TV, listening to an audio book, listening to a podcast, whatever it is, drinking your coffee in the morning, whatever your fast is or thing that you've decided to fast this time and in the future, that time, should, you should take a little bit extra time with God. Take a little bit more. You don't have to take the whole time. If you go, look, man, I got an hour-long drive to work, okay, and you don't pray for an hour and you haven't done that practice before, not about to tell you to start trying to pray for an hour. But pray for five minutes if you don't normally pray on your drive, if you were listening to something during that time. Because we all know that the physical world is simply distracting, right? You probably got distracted on the way driving here this morning. You may have gotten distracted getting dressed, and that's why you're late. Or maybe you got distracted on the way before you even left your house because the TV was on and you were watching ESPN. Or maybe you're like me and you turn a podcast on and I get so engrossed in it, I forget what time it is and I don't pay attention sometimes that it's time to leave the house because we get distracted. And fasting removes all those different distractions and we don't pick them all at once, we just pick a couple at a time. And what better time to do this than immediately after the Christmas season, right? That's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting where everything seems to focus on what you want and what we want, and our desires, and our needs, and things like that. Fasting says, no, 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 before we get started in this year, I'm going to deny myself something that I really enjoy, but I'm going to do it so that I can get closer to my heavenly Father. And ancient Israel did this all the time. This was part of their process. They had times of fasting, and they had times of feasting. They, they literally would have times where they would deny themselves, and they would fast, and then they had times in which they would feast, okay? We're going to do a time of prayer and feasting in August here in the church. So we're going to do prayer and fasting in January, and in August we're going to do prayer and feasting. Somebody say amen. And there's times where we do need to celebrate, which is the point of the feasting, and there are times we need to sacrifice, which is the point of the fasting. Now, the biggest question always becomes, how do I fast? What do I do? What does that mean? Like, how does that even work? So Jesus answers this question for us. And again, I want you to go, Brandon, we've only got a week left. Some of you, this is going to be the hardest week. First two are fun. The last one, if you're giving up something that was really close to you, this is the one that you're like, it's almost done. 18 days of prayer and fasting was great, right? We get right to the edge and we're like, mm, 17 days was good. I'm solid. I'm good after that. No, we don't want to do that. Not quickly broken, right? We want to strengthen ourselves and get through that. So we're going to talk through techniques and so that you can take it further on down the line. Jesus says this when he talks about fasting. He says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show, their, uh, show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. See, there was a problem with the religious leaders at this time. These religious leaders, they would actually sit back and, and they would disfigure their faces and make it look like they were just exhausted on purpose so that you would say, oh, well, what's going on? What's happening here? Be like, I'm just fasting. You know these people, right? They're not in this church. They're in somewhere else. But 
where they're talking about, and it's like, you know, they're talking about 21 days of prayer and fasting or something like that, and they're like, oh, I've just, you know, I've just upped my prayer life. And you're like, bro, we were talking about McDonald's hamburgers a second ago. Why are you telling me about how prayerful you are, right? And, and we've run into these people before where they just need the attention. That's who Jesus is talking about. The religious leaders would put on a show so that people would recognize how spiritual they were. And then after that, that would be how they got the attention. But again, Jesus makes the point that he made last week about prayer. That if they fast that way, that's the only attention they're going to get. They're not going to hear God's voice clearer because that's not what they're searching for. They're searching for the attention of people. And according to Jesus, they've already received the reward in full. They've managed to achieve that. But it's not going to go anywhere. The Holy Spirit's not going to interact with that. He's not going to guide you in that process because you're not doing it for him. You're doing it for, and I, you know, these people aren't in this church, but you're doing it for you. You're doing it for you. Again, he says those people that are fasting just to get the attention of other people, their reward is complete. He continues, he says, But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father. Do you see, if you didn't listen to last week's prayer prayer section, you need to go back and listen to the prayer message. But do you see Jesus is, is connecting something here? The same thing he said last week about prayer is the same thing he's saying about fasting this week, that it's meant to be done in private and it's meant to be done only for your heavenly Father. He says, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you because fasting should be for God, not them. Fasting should be for relationship with your heavenly father, not for them. Because remember, the whole goal of it is to quiet the world around us. So right when we begin a fast in the future, and right when we begin to think about things in the future, and we're trying to hear God's voice, say, okay, you know what? I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to do with this uh, job. I want to get a job. Okay, what do I do here? Um, well, if I want to get this job, Lord, should I take this job or not? I'm going to do seven days of fasting. Okay? What we don't want to do, and what Jesus is telling us we ought not do, is go tell everybody about how we've been fasting for four days now, and I need everybody's attention so that Betty at work always goes and tells everybody how spiritual I am. Jesus says the Holy Spirit's not going to speak into that situation because you've already received your reward. And there is a dramatic moment. There's a dramatic moment in combination with other spiritual disciplines that aided the apostles in hearing direct guidance from God. So there's, a, there's actually a moment in the book of Acts where this happens. Notice I said it's other spiritual disciplines, not simply one. Spiritual disciplines are meant to be intertwined together, not just one. Luke, the author of Acts, he records this in Acts chapter 13. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and there were teachers, Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, Manea, these are tough names, and Saul. <laughs> this is Saul, Paul, same, same, same guy, the Apostle Paul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, they were worshiping and fasting, praying, praising, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, Paul, for the work to which I have called them. 
So after they fasted and prayed, notice they were praying and fa- they, were, they were worshiping and fasting, seeking God's guidance first. They were denying themselves something physically to strengthen something spiritually, to almost tune in the radio to God's frequencies. And as they were denying themselves something physically, they could hear more clearly spiritually. And as that happened, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, okay, here's the plan, y'all. We are going to go over here. Because the Holy Spirit had a plan for Paul and for Barnabas. He says, set apart Paul and Barnabas for which the work which I have called them. Now, he hasn't even said exactly where to go yet. So they, after they fasted again and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They placed their hands on them because they were imparting the power of God on them as they would go preach the gospel all across the Mediterranean and eventually into the new Greek world. And as they were doing all of this, the apostles and everybody in the church sat back and they fasted and they prayed. They denied themselves physically to strengthen themselves spiritually. They eliminated the distractions of their time and their world in order to get connected and hear the voice of God more clearly. And believe me, they had distractions. They had all sorts of distractions. They wanted to, but they wanted to make the right decision. So they said, let's quiet some of this stuff. Let's push this to the edge. Let's get rid of some of these things. And let's just focus in on what the Holy Spirit might be saying in this moment. And they had distractions. Running for their life from the temple in the Roman Empire, that was a distraction. Worried about their friends and family, first century problems, famine, they had issues. And the truth is, you have distractions too, right? You have distractions that the sports that the kids are in, promotions at work, birthday parties, maybe political turmoil you're engaging with, financial problems, business isn't working the way you wanted, maybe a deal never went through that you expected, maybe raising your kids, your adult children, something that you're struggling with. And you're asking God, I need to hear your voice, but the distractions, the white noise has drowned him out. And for many of you, for many of you, we've allowed the outside world to be zooming in and narrowing our focus to where we're not even hearing God any longer. It's just white noise. And some of those things are important, sure. I'm not saying they're not important. But when they become the only thing, and then we want to hear God's voice, it's just white noise. And God's trying to speak through the noise. But we can't hear him. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that we can't hear him. Because there's so many other things happening around us. And the point of fasting is to cut through the noise. To Get it out of the way so that we can hear his voice more clearly. It turns the dial down on the outside voices and turns it up on his voice. It turns it down on the voices around us, culture, everything that's pulling us away from God. It turns the voices of those things down and turns his voice 
So this year, incorporate it into your spiritual life. Engage in these last seven days of the fast. Don't, don't get out of it now and say, you know what, it's, it's, you know, 15 days is good, 16 days is good. Don't, don't do that. If you started it, finish it, lock it in, and eliminate the distraction. Maybe for some of you, you're like, you know what, what I did wasn't really that, that solid. I need to pick something else that's going to actually be a distraction. You heard Rich talk about it in the week one, that pick something that's hard. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, look, I, I ain't hearing God, but I'm also not trying, but then I also didn't pick anything hard. So maybe you need to figure out something else. And here's the great thing about this is the, if you pay attention, the apostles weren't doing this alone. They were doing it in a group together. They were doing it in community together. It wasn't just something they were doing all on their own. So next time God seems distant, next time it feels like maybe he's not answering the question the way that you want him to, or maybe he's just not answering at all. It feels like he's next door and he's just quiet. Maybe we need to spend some time and implement one of those spiritual disciplines because I would bet he's talking. We're not hearing. One of the best ways to do that is with a group of people. This week we're launching groups. And fasting is a great way to get engaged, but if you notice, the apostles were worshiping and praying together with other believers. That's why what we do in this room is so important, and sitting in these lines is great, and rows is great, but it's not the end-all, be-all. You need to have a place where you can go when you're fasting and you're struggling or when you're fighting through something and you're trying to hear the voice of God, where you can go with other people. And they're going to connect with you, and they're going to help you through that. You need a group of people that are loving you, praying for you, there for you, not judging you for your sin, but helping you through it. And when you start acting a fool, they're going to say, hey, maybe that's not the best way to be. You need to have a group of people that care for you and love you. And maybe some of you are going, that's not me. I don't need, I'm not one of those people that need that. Well, then you're going against everything that science has taught us about the human psyche because you absolutely need a group of people that you can connect with. So as we bring this in for a close today, if you are engaged in a group, get connected in a group because if you're searching for the voice of God, he does it in all sorts of different ways. One of the ways is the council of, of religious council. He'll have your group come in and help you walk through some things. And then take that, that, that extra little bit, that extra tool of fasting, because that's what it is. It's a tool that, to be used at the appropriate time or to be used when you're trying to hear God's voice. Take that tool and put it in your toolbox and get ready to use it later this year because you can use it when you're going through a temptation and you can use it when you're going through a calling or trying to discern of God's calling on your life. But don't do it alone. It's not meant to be alone. The apostles weren't doing it alone. Jesus didn't do it alone. We shouldn't either. We should be in groups together. So as we finish the service, when we finish out there, clipboards and the group leaders are going to be gathered around. I encourage you, if you haven't signed up for a group, sign up for one. And if you go, look, Brandon, none of these groups interest me, but I think it'd be great to start one. Talk to me. 
We'll start one. By we, I mean you. (laughs) But we should. To have it so that people can be connected. Because it's about the community. Because you should not do this alone. You should not be trying to hear God's voice alone. Don't do that. Jesus didn't do it. The apostles didn't do it. What makes us think we can? Get in a group of people that will pray for you, love you, lift you up during those hard and difficult times and when you're trying to hear what God has to say about a situation. So, with that, I would love to pray for you guys. Father, thank you. Thank you for the clarity that Jesus provides when he teaches us about fasting. Lord, he didn't tell us what to fast or anything like that. He simply told us that it's something we should be doing. And given the distractions the apostles had, we have many more in this world. In fact, many of our distractions are sitting in our pockets right now. So Lord, help us figure out different ways that we can fast going into this year. Moments at which it would be wise to slow down and maybe just sit in solitude and eliminate the distractions around us and eliminate the things that are making life difficult and things making it hard to hear your voice. Help us do that, Lord. And remind us we're not meant to figure it out alone. That this isn't supposed to be something that we live and experience alone, but it's meant to be with a group of people. So, Father, help us transition from rows to circles where we're lifting one another up in prayer. And when somebody's trying to discern your voice, they're not doing it alone. Help us, Father, as we go into this year to be people who are not quickly broken by the circumstances or the situations of our life, but are resilient and prepared for what you're calling for us. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the praise this morning. And the church said, amen.